Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. All right, so welcome back to Bible Breakdown. This is Kat. This is T. So T, before we start recording, you were saying something about um, sort of general frustrations with dating and something that you're on the lookout for on social media when you're dating. Um. Well, I mean, I was just saying, um, I mean, I, I really don't like doing online dating. I just kind of got back home last night just out of curiosity again. I usually, I think this is not a raining endorsement for them, but. Out of all the dating sites I've used, yeah, if anybody has God first or I'm a Christian or anything like that in their profile, it's an automatic skip for me. Like, um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just over. I mean, I have to say it's not usually something I'm um, super turned on by when I see that. Um, but, I mean, why do you feel that way? Um, I think I've just reached a point where I'm frustrated with religion. I feel like, particularly with black people, um, I feel like we try to bring God into everything. Um, actually a few, a couple, actually yesterday, uh, I might've brought this person up several, several, several episodes ago, but a coworker of mine who had a crush on me, they're a very religious person. They're a little bit older than me and I feel like God, for as much as they say that God helped them and saved their life, I actually think it hindered them further. And and I mean that because they don't even have the ability to be a friend to somebody of the opposite sex because they think that men, they think men are supposed to be a certain thing. And the fact that I just approached them in an unromantic way and we were coworkers and I just tried to befriend them. And then they kind of fuck that up. And then, um, you know, it almost cost me. Uh, yeah, I did talk about this because I talked that this was like over the summer of last year when we were recording and just how it made me feel like I felt how women say they feel when they go to work. And it's like, look, I'm just trying to do my job. And all these guys are trying to sleep with me. So I felt like this person has no understanding of what it was to be well in her mind she had already claimed you in the name of the lord yeah she told me she told me when she met me because we talked about this yesterday she felt like there was something about me and she felt like she felt i was missing something in life and she wanted to help me and i was just like and she told me she felt like i was sad and i said well regardless if that's true or not what you're trying to push on me, don't do that. And actually, uh, we got into a whole discussion. Actually, this was a two-day discussion. So the day prior to that, I was talking to them about work, and she, um, again, just black people just love bringing God into every conversation. I don't know. It's it's, it's a, I don't know. Praise him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but. It's a trauma response from slavery. I set a boundary and I said, um, because we were also talking about boundaries before we hit record. And I said, hey, um, you know, I want to be respectful. I don't want to just hang up on you, but um, please don't talk to me about God. And she was like, I'm going to talk to you about, you can't tell me. I'm I'm always going to talk about God. And I said, well, hey, I'm, I'm saying because I feel like you're bringing this into this conversation and it was unnecessary and. Um, I think it's offensive, actually. I think it's, 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 I don't want people to talk to me about religion. Um, unless like, and when you're at work, you're a captive audience too. That's why it's usually against the rules, especially because teachers do this a lot too. They pro- try to prophesize to their students and it's unethical because they're a captive audience. Like they really don't have the option of like walking out because they could, you know, It'll cost them academically. Yeah. And again, like, I don't want to be rude. Like, I respect this person. And I was like, I don't want to hang up on you. 
I just feel like it's rude. Like, don't. I'm just creating a boundary. Yeah, don't steer this kind And you have lots of people to talk about this with. Well, and that's what I tried to get to. I was because they didn't under she didn't understand like why. She, I don't want to talk to her about it, and I, but and she named you and said, "Well, you you talk to Cat about it," and I said, "Look, the only way I'm going to talk to you about this is if you come on the podcast." And she said, uh, "Well, she kind of dabbled." She said, "Well, I want to talk to you." So this is I don't know. This may be something. <laughs> That may happen in the future where this person comes on. Um, however, you're not allowed to talk, is what I was told. She can only talk to So she's going to gonna try to come into our space and tell us, I, maybe I can go to her church and tell her she can't talk. Yeah, like you're not allowed. Oh, but wait, her book already says that. <laughs> you're wah, not wah. allowed. <laughs> you're not allowed to. She can only talk to me if she comes on. Yeah, I just want her to be able to walk around. But yeah, that's um that's a wild request. Yeah. To ask to come on to someone's podcast and not Well, to let... to be fair, she didn't ask. I kind of just said, I don't want to talk about this, but if you do like the only way I would talk about this is if you come on the podcast cuz I'm not debating with any more Christian people. Like I'm not doing that. And I said, you know, you can come on like you don't have to give your real name either. Like you can just We sure don't. Yeah, no. So I was like, you don't have to do that. But anyway, that's just what's been going on. Um, these last this last week has been a doozy. Uh, a lot of shit going on. These fucking religious freaks that I keep dating, man, are well. This person I never dated. I've never done anything romantic with, but just and I don't want to say freaks, but these that's a, that's a. Well, here's the thing. I've been thinking of like reaching out to other um, podcasts that are sort of like we are that are critical of the Bible and stuff like that. And I noticed that most of them are what we would call white lead. And I sometimes wonder if, at least in America, part of why we see a lot of white people not necessarily integrating with black people is because black people are so ultra religious. Like it can be off putting, maybe, like if you're just sort of a even, secular, regular even white. To the whites. Person. Huh? So yeah, even to the whites, they don't fuck with that like that. They just kind of believe. <laughs> For the most part, the ones who are comfortable, like when you get into like more rural, poor places, like that shit is because once again, it's been cultivated to be a control mechanism for the populace. So it's this. I was thinking the other day about how people a lot of times associate Christianity with wealth. So even in the Asian countries that were colonized and stuff like that, a lot of times the upper echelons of those people would convert to Christianity to endear themselves to their white oppressors. And I think to this day, it's still seen as a conduit to whiteness. I can see that take. Great. Well, do you want to tell people what happened last week? Or not last week. But, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, um, from last time, last Bible, episode, started a new um, book last week. Last episode. Yes, we did judges. Um, so we did judges last time. We just uh, just a review. New revised standard version is what we're reading from. People, um, we talked about Israel's failure to complete the conquest of Canaan, Israel's disobedience, the death of Joshua. Um, we talked about nations remaining in the land. Um, pretty much just a lot of, a lot more real estate stuff. Yeah, there wasn't. A Did the covenant get renewed too? Yeah, because Israel was being all slutty with other gods and learning about other people. I keep telling you. Yeah, yeah, they got to keep renewing those vows, man. They keep stepping out. So uh, today will be uh, Judges for Deborah and Barak. Huh, that's a fun, familiar name. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hands of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harathshiahagoyim. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly 20 years. At that time, Deborah, a prophetess, 
wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedesh of Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position position at Mount Tabor. Bring 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulon. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go, but if you will not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead you to glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and 10,000 warriors went up behind him, and Deborah went up with them. Now Heber, the Kenite, had separated from the other Kenites, that is, the descendants of Hoab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had encamped as far away as Elon busy. <laughs> which is near Kadesh. When Sisera told, was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out, called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the troops were with him from Herosheth Hathgoyim to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up! For this is the day on which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. The Lord is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 warriors following him. And the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and his, all his armies into a panic before Barak. Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot while Barak pursued the chariots and the armies to Harosheth Ha-Goyim. All the army of Sisera fell by the sword. No one was left. Now Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Kenjabin of Hazar and the clan of Heber the Kenite. Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, have no fear. She turned aside to her into so he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. He said to her, Stand at the entrance of the tent, and if anybody comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say, No. But Jael, wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground. He was lying fast asleep from weariness, and he died. Yeah, weariness, I'm sure. Then as Barak came in pursuit of Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said, Come, I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there was Sisera lying dead with the tent peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites bore harder and harder on King Jabin of Canaan until they destroyed King Jabin of Canaan. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Thanks be to God. So, <clears throat> translation for all those people who would not follow that. Um, the Israelites, shout out to AI, man. I know a lot of people are scared of AI, but I'm telling you, AI has been become a friend. We welcome our overlords. AI has become a friend um, in my job. I did something today. At, I work in marketing, and I did something today. Um, I just started this job last week um and pretty good job working in a pretty affluent area of the city if i do say so myself probably affluent area in america um it's just, like eagleton if you watch parks and rec yeah if we just go off of just like you know money wise but the ceo of the company like i pretty much just have a direct line to him like he just talks to me direct like you know some and some workplaces you have to you know go through a manager or some shit it's not like that at all here um but anyway he wants me to create a video for the company um and i just told him like yeah you know i'll just put like a rough script together and um you know we'll go from that and then he'll go and record his audio reading that script because we're doing a where he's doing the voiceover and uh yeah chat gpt did all of that and he was just like, you're amazing. And he knows about ChatGPT. Like, he told me, he was like, oh, yeah, just have AI do it. And, like, 
you know, we'll go from there. And I I don't know if he meant like do that and then just tweak it in your own. I didn't do shit. I feel like we're just gonna like our jobs are just gonna be to curate the AI. That's it. Just to give it the human touch because we can't operate on pure logic. Like pure logic isn't always the best for humans anyway because we're not purely logical being. No, the fuck we aren't. No, <laughs> which is what my last week has been about. But I mean, that's the thing. When I realize I'm not logical, I don't expect it from anybody else. I feel so like you're what, the most is, logical person that I. That's because I practice Kolinar from Star Trek. What is like that? the Vulcans do? What does that? E- what does that even mean? It's just the practice of like actively ignoring your more emotional nature to focus on like logically what's possible. I feel like I do that all the time. Well, I needed Star Trek's help, so good for you. But when I do it, I'm an, I'm an asshole. Yeah, um, people don't like the truth. That's why charts don't work. I love charts. But people never want to like look at charts. Like That was the problem with COVID. And they're like, hey, look at these charts. And people were like, boo, nerd, I want some ivermectin. But um, Well, that reminds <laughs> me, because the CEO of the company I work, I got into it with his son today. Just Not like got a, into it, but like just we had a, we had a, we wait, had a wait. We're we're getting away from it. Like, what did no, this do? goes into like right wing religious sort of rhetoric. No, but I wanted to see what Chat GPT said about. Oh, okay. The yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, all right. Sorry, I'll read the translation. So the Israelites were once again doing evil in the sight of the Lord. So he sold them to King Jabin of Canaan, who oppressed them for 20 20- Let's stop right there. I thought that was wild. Like, I know God's supposed to be love, but do loving entities sell you? That was the Old Testament. That's back when God was on the booze. So it was okay then. That was a form of love back then? So lovish? Those people were in the wrong, and they deserve what they got. So there are things people can do that are so bad that it's okay to sell them back then. Yes. Okay. According to religious fanatics, I don't know. Okay. Just as long as we're fine with all this abuse. Because I've been told by people lately that they read the Bible. Oh, this is another thing. So the person who I, sorry, I'm going to finish the translation, people. Um, The lady who I've been working with, or who did work with we we will not be talking anymore according to her um which again not romantic about this person at all like i just was trying to be like just call her annie so we the people can keep track of her sure so anyway annie um she was telling me that because uh, i was like well do you because she tried to call me out she was like you read the bible and everybody's like when they find out that i'm doing this podcast and i'm reading the bible that's my saving grace because they're like, at least you're reading the Bible. But the thing she was telling me is like she reads the Bible. And I was like, well, do you read it cover to cover? Like, have you done that? And she was like, no, I'm not doing it that way. But I've read it like I read. And I was like, see, that's the problem. You're reading what you think. It's basically curated what you're reading. Like you're not actually going cover to cover. And so like. I don't know. That's just... I also have a pet theory that like the Bible and Christianity and these hierarchical religions really appeal to control freaks because it gives them the illusion of control because it's like, oh, I've tapped into the nature of the creator of the universe and he's given us these rules. And if we do boom, 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 we're cool. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that is a fucking wonderful take, actually. Thank you. Thank I you. Body that. I know who practices this is kind of a control freak and it's hard for them to consider well, let's not let's not disparage people control enthusiast control freak on my end um <laughs> but you understand where the compulsion comes from we feel so out of control in our lives like the the illusion of control is very alluring yeah it is but which is why it's when they meet me and I'm so like, oh, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And we shouldn't sensationalize it. It like And let me get this straight. It doesn't mean I don't like organization or think we should try to make um, some order in our lives. It's just 
I'm just trying to prime myself so that I can be successful. Ultimately, a lot of stuff isn't in my hands, but I'm going to control what I can control to be as successful as I can. But ultimately, I'm just one tiny person in the universe. When you think about where you really are in the universe, it's so silly to think that like it would be like me being personally concerned about one cell in my body. Like, you know, like it it would just be like, oh, there's one, there's this one cell that's just so special. What if that cell can give you cancer? That's the thing. It probably, every cell can give me cancer, just, technically. That's how, but that's how people <laughs> like that think. Like, instead yeah. of just recognizing that, hey, actually, I don't control any of this. And like, I can only. Inf- if the creator of the universe were that into you, like, that'd be weird. But people don't see it like that. No, because they're so they're um, people don't yeah. people don't see it like. Because it'd be weird if like who's our governor? I don't know. Oh, uh, Holcomb. Holcomb. It would be like if Holcomb like was calling you right now, like, "Hey, T, are you okay?" It's like, don't you have bigger things to do right now? Like, why are you worried about like me finding a parking space? I would actually feel important. Huh? I would feel important if Holcomb. Well, of course you me. would feel important, but wouldn't that be weird? Just like. I know, I have, but I know a congresswoman actually. So we all know Congress people. Like we're just No, we don't all know Congress people. Okay, I'm just You know what's crazy is like actually no, for on the real side, um, I know um We still need to con- finish that summer. Is she Congress? I think I'm pretty sure she's a congresswoman. Vanessa Summers? I don't know. There's a bunch of Congress there's like five hundred congressmen. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um because we live, I don't know if it's 500. We, it's live like in the, we live in Indiana. I mean, that was a giveaway. On, well, I meant all the Congress people. But, um, yeah, I know. I know. This is probably going to be all edit shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, because we still haven't read the summary. <laughs> I keep trying. All right, look. The Israelites were once again doing evil in the sight of the Lord. So he sold them to King Jabin of Canaan. Who oppressed them for 20 years. Deborah, a prophetess and judge in Israel, instructed Barak to gather an army and attack Jabin's army led by Sisera. Barak was successful in defeating Sisera's army and Sisera fled to. I think it's Sisera. Sisera, sorry. At least that's how they used to say it in my church. I don't know. Sisera, okay. Sisera fled to the tent of Jael, the wife of Haber, the Canaanite. Uh, Jael killed Cicero by driving a tent peg to his temple. And when Barak arrived, she showed him the dead body. As a result, God subdued King Jabin of Canaan and the Israelites destroyed his kingdom. So that was basically with that. I'm trying to look this up now because I feel like there's like a painting of Jael that I saw like at the Museum of Art in Chicago, maybe. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe not. But um, that was pretty action packed. She killed a dude. That'd be wild. You'd be like, hey, I killed that guy who's after you. It's uh, drove a temp like right to a. I thought the brutal. subtext of the story was always that she fucked him. Because he was asleep from weariness. I think so she like, killed him because she had sex? No, I think she fucked him. And then while he, you know, like post coital haze, because you got to think about back in these days, sex would have been way more effective as a persuasion tactic. Because I was just thinking today, because I was listening to some podcasts and the dudes were on there and they were going through like naked pictures of women and kind of rating them. And like, I was thinking how like, rare in these days it would have been for a man to see a beautiful naked woman but like we're in a society now where anyone can see a beautiful naked woman at any time but that used to be a premium so like if you were actually in a situation because there's no really masturbation material like if you were in a situation where this chick is like hey I'm gonna cover you with a rug and give you some milk and you've obviously been through a lot I think she I mean to me that was always the subtext but I could be wrong um okay well i don't i mean i don't have a disagreement with that i am going to move on to the song of deborah unless you have anything to say about this anything more to say about what you i mean read? it's lightweight kind of nice that we have some female leadership here that was unexpected but she's um she seems pretty violent so i think that's why they're listening to her because he's like oh well if you go i go well you know when bitches start tripping 
then you're more susceptible to listen to them and hear them out. I get, well, she wasn't really tripping, though. She was just... She was killing people. I mean, that's like... No, I'm talking about Deborah. Oh. But like I said, we very rarely have a story where there's two female characters. So yeah. I can see why you could confuse them. Like, JL was murking niggas. Deborah was just putting together plans to... I don't know anybody's name. Um, we just read about them. No, you read about them. I I'm used sorry. Chat GPT. I, thought, I thought this was a co-podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so... The song of Deborah, uh, and this is apparently supposed to be an actual song, but I'm not going to sing it. Then Deborah and Barack, son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When locks are along in Israel, when the people offer themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes, to the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Lord, when you went from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured, the clouds indeed poured water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, caravan ceased and the travelers kept to the byways. The peasantry proposed in Israel, they grew fat prospered in israel sorry been drinking uh they grew fat on plunder because you arose deborah arose as a mother in israel when the new gods were chosen the war was in the gates was shield or spear to be seen among forty thousand in israel my heart goes out to the commanders of israel who offered themselves willingly among the people bless the lord tell of it you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way to the sound of musicians at the watering places, there they repeat the triumphs of the Lord, the triumphs of his peasantry in Israel. Then down to the gates march the people of the Lord. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake. Utter a song, arise, Barak, lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam. Um, then down marched the remnant of the noble the people of the lord marched down for him against the mighty from Ephraim they set out into the valley following you Benjamin with your kin from Makir marched down the commanders and from Zebulon those who bear the marshal's staff the chiefs of Issachar came with Deborah and Issachar faithful to Barak into the valley they rushed out at his heels among the clans of Reuben they were great searchings of heart. They did. Why did you tarry among the sheepfolds to hear the piping, to hear the piping for the flocks among the clans of Reuben? There were great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and Dan. Why did he abide with the ships? Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, settling down by his landing. Zebulon is a people that scorned death. Naphtali too on the heights of the field. The kings came, they fought, then fought the kings of Canaan. Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They got no spoils of silver. The stars fought from heaven. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishan swept them away. The onrushing torrent, the torrent Kishan, march on my soul who might. Then loud beat the horse's hooves with the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse Miraz, says the angel of the Lord. Curse bitterly its inhabitants because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. <laughs> Most blessed of women by J BJL, the wife of Heber, Heber the Kenite. Of tent dwelling women, tent dwelling women, most blessed. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought him curds in a lordly bowl. She put her hand on the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera a blow. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. He sank. He fell. He lay still at her feet. At her feet, he sank. He fell. Where he sank. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Out of the window she peered, the mother of Sisera gazed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoof beats of his chariots? Um, 
her wisest ladies make answer indeed she answered the question herself are there are they not finding and dividing the spoil a girl or two for every man spoiled or died stuffs for Cicera, spoiled or dyed stuffs embroidered two pieces of dyed work embroidered for my neck is spoiled so perish all your enemies O lord but may your friends be like the sun as it rises in its might and the land had rest 40 years that was fucking platinum was yeah that was it made me think of this line from the simpsons where they were kind of we haven't gotten to this part of the Bible yet, but they were doing like a satire of King David and Ralph was like, King David, I love you because you kill people. And it's like, they're really kind of just singing songs about how they were able to kill a bunch of people. And hey, the spoils were so good. There was like a girl or two for every man. Yeah. In translation for those who tuned out on that fucking wonderful beating drake song i feel uh, like drake could have made it pop sure it's half jewish is that i'm not gonna take this that. is the part of the bible that's jewish so this is why i bring it up i do not associate with those comments at all um the text is a song sung by deborah oh this is not an anti-semitic podcast i'll you know i'm just saying like i like to point out the fact that christians ripped the jews off most of the Bible is just their stuff. Okay. Um, the translation, the text is a song sung by Deborah and Barak, praising the Lord for helping the Israelites defeat their enemies. The song talks about how people of Israel willingly offered themselves to the Lord and how Deborah arose as a mother in Israel. It also mentions how some tribes did not help in the battle, but others, uh, including Zebulon and Naphtali, were faithful. The song ends with a blessing for the Lord's friends and a wish for the enemies to perish, followed by a description of the peace that followed the battle for 40 years. So one thing I took from reading that, too, um, I don't know which verse it was, but there was definitely something in here where basically said that somebody was punished because they refused to help God or something like that. And I just thought, like, again, you're God. You don't need my help. You should just be able to know that you would help if I did need it. We already said this before, like, God's like a bad girlfriend. Yeah, that's what it feels <laughs> like. Like, that's like what, uh, Neil, did you say Neil Brennan? Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. I don't know, I've been drinking, sorry. Me too. But, yeah, we're, that, we're I mean, it's literally bag. like the, yeah, Neil Brennan thing, where he was talking about um, a bad girlfriend and just like. I think it was Lee C.K. No, Neil Brennan also said when he went to get the bag of chips, I want to say it was a bag of chips, and he was like, um, "It was some white." Man. Oh, so you didn't bring me anything back, like right? Yeah, and it's he, like, like, well, I just thought that's how you would react if there's a fire, and he was like, "Well, why the fuck?" <laughs> it's like you're not ready to be a father. Like, yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, it's like okay, fine. Yeah, it's it's a lot of. I mind feel like games. a lot of. I think we were both agreeing, though. It's it's mind games. Like, yeah, God's definitely like, fucking with us. <laughs> or yeah. the Lord. Yeah. The Lord. So, anyway. Um, okay. Do you have anything else to say on that? Not really. It's just more of the same. I mean, they just made a song about it. They just, once again, so for all the Christian, Republican, conservatives who are against rap music, I don't see what you're mad about. That's basically what just happened. They committed a bunch of crimes and then wrote a song about it. So everybody should love it. <laughs> it stuff doesn't immediately become good just because it's old. It's like when people become old and we just have to venerate them. No, we don't. Some people are just shitty and they just stay shitty. And this was a bad idea like 5,000 years ago or whenever it was conceived. And it's still a bad idea now. This isn't... Once again, do you, we, we every once in a while I like to check in and be like, have you learned anything from the Bible that's going to like, because you came in earlier, like kind of talking about things that were bothering you. Has there been anything in the Bible that's giving you comfort or helped you or giving you any wisdom as to how to solve this? Like any of your real life problems that you had today? The Bible continues to reinforce that if I ever decide to become a preacher or just give my life over to God, that um, it'd be okay for me. I can be a bigot and it will be okay. Mm -hmm. 
And there's nothing you can that... even rape. No one will care. <laughs> Seriously, the Catholic Church has been raping hard, and kids like that's I feel like, like the there's worst. Because like... there, I think there's only like a few states who categorize raping your wife. Like oh, you spousal can't rape, rape your wife. Yeah, but on the plus side, you also can't rape your husband, so it's fair. Yeah. So. You're allowed to take it once you're married. So that's what we're. Well, that's what I wanted to kind of get to earlier. Uh, okay. I didn't really get into, but like, there's no upside for marriage for me as a man. I don't, I, I've yet to meet. Any. There's really not an upside for women either. Yeah, but you hoes want security. I mean, so. th- that's just, it's, well, I feel like marriage is another myth. Like, you're not really getting security. Like, it doesn't guarantee anything, it just guarantees you're going to have to file paperwork if you want to break up. Yeah, no, and I say you host and pay money. Not being seriously, <laughs> but um, I just, I mean, there's nothing like I don't mind. Like I wouldn't mind to, like getting married, but it's not something I feel like I have to do. Like I would just do that for my partner if that's what something they wanted to do. That happens a lot too. But and, like I, mean, I personally, it's, a ta- it's good for taxes, I guess. I personally feel <laughs> like. I think we could probably come up with a better system. Like the marriage laws are so old and kind of archaic. Like it could just it just needs it needs so, a rebrand. So it's just a so I talked to my sister the other day, and we actually agreed on something about marriage. Cause she she called me. It's like, hey, I want to get your opinion on something. And I was like, what's up? And she was like, so I was in having a discussion, and um, if. Basically, essentially, if your partner becomes like if the woman in the relationship becomes overweight or something like or no, no, no. The question actually, we're going to get to that. The question was. Is your partner required to have sex with you? And she wanted to know my opinion. on it. And I said, well, nobody's required to have sex with me, but this is why I would try to have conversations about. Like now having the experience that I've had dating, this is why you have conversations about how much sex do you think is reasonable in a relationship, you know, whether it be weekly, that can change over time, but it's important to update the standard. And if, if one of the people feels like we're not having sex, what is the... What are the protocol. Fa- yeah? What is the protocol? What are the fail safes we gonna have? That's what. That's why people don't want to do the work of figuring out what works for them. Like it's easier just to be like, well, just give me this template we've been using for like thousands of years that's been failing everyone. So my sister, who is a little conservative herself, but we actually kind of agreed on this, where she was like, no, I feel like. Like I should, like I'm, I'm willing to have sex. That's literally, basically, what she was saying. Like so you should just be constantly available for. Sex. Like she was like because I used to be that way. And let me just say for the listeners, I am a marriage professional. I've been married twice, so I'm something of a married, and I'm also a divorce expert because I've been divorced twice. Well, you're not a marriage professional. You retired, so. Well, no, I still have my expertise. That doesn't make you a professional. Yes, it does. No, because. Oscar Robertson is not a professional basketball player anymore. He's retired. You're retired from marriage. But I'm still an expert. Like, he'd still be considered a basketball expert. I still go to sure, him for advice about basketball. Sure, but that's not what you said basketball. first. You said a professional. Fine. I'm an expert. I've been drinking. Jesus. Any, Jesus. Jesus tap dancing Christ. But, so my sister and I got into the talk more about this. And she wanted to know my opinion. And I said, hey, I never want to pressure anybody into having sex i feel like we should have matching or similar sex drives and if i was with a partner who just for whatever reason barring like illness or you know something medical that was going on that prohibited them from wanting to have sex i would be like i'm done like i'm just done like i'm not i'm not i'm not in the space where i want to do that and i feel like and so that spiraled into a talk about us talking about one of the reasons why um, some partners that I've had that I just, it ultimately ended because I felt like not only were we not having sex, or maybe we were, but another thing that popped into my mind was like being overweight. 
Like, I think that, and I'm sorry, I think that that is not okay. Like, if I met you and you were at a certain thing and that's what attracted me to you, like, I feel like it's unrealistic of us to have this. What if you were, like, into bigger body types and that person lost weight? Is that the same thing? Yeah, that's her thing. Yeah. That's your thing. All right. That's not my thing. And also, the ta- the take that I took is not meant for people who... And so you think, like, both ways. Like, even if a woman, like, is, like, you were with a dude and he, like, put on a bunch of weight, it's like, I can't fuck. Absolutely. That's why I went to the gym today. Because I was okay. like, whoever the future person I it is, it end is up with, I was like, it's unfair of me to come. I do think it is a form of disrespect to let yourself go if you're in a monogamous relationship. It is kind of an F you to your partner. It to- and that is my point. It's totally... Like and everybody wants someone hotter than them. That is so funny to me. Like so many people, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just had this idea earlier where like, of course, like hot women are high maintenance and irritating. <laughs> like they get to be like a lot of no, times people would have like easier relationships with women who I don't know what was I thinking about it. let me just go because this is already going long let me do this last one and then we'll talk we, we'll, we we'll never get a full point out but okay we sure don't we sure don't that's part of our charm <laughs> I don't know but if you take anything from this um God doesn't like fatsos I don't know um probably doesn't though because he doesn't like disabled people he said that earlier um lord doesn't like a lot of stuff and he will sell you if you like fuck around and find out god is a pimp like bishop don juan was right judges six the midianite oppression the israelite did what was evil in the sight of the lord and the lord gave them into the hands of midian seven years the hand of midian prevailed over israel and because of midian the israelites provided for themselves hiding places in the mountains caves and strongholds for whenever the israelites put in a seed the midianites and amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the land as far as the neighborhood of Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel, no sheep, no oxen, no donkey. For they and their livestock would come up and they wouldn't even bring their tents as thick as locusts. Neither they nor their camels could be counted, so they wasted the land as they came in. Thus Israel was greatly impoverished because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I lead you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hands of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God, and you shall not pay reverence to the gods of the Amorites who in whose land you live, but you have not given heed to my voice. The call of Gideon. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak at Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, if the Lord is with us, then why has he all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us to the hands of Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian, and I hereby commission you. He responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them. Then he said to him, But if now I have found favor with you, then show me a sign that it is you who speak to me. Do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my presence and set it before you. And he said, I will stand to your retirement. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes 
as an F and from an FF the flour from the meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and he brought them to to him under the oak and presented them the angel of God said to him take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour out the broth and he did so then the angel of the Lord reached out to the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight then Gideon perceived that it was the angel of the Lord and Gideon said help me Lord God for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face but the Lord said to him peace be to you do not fear you shall not die then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace to this day it still stands at Ophrah which belongs to the Abizrites that night the Lord said to him take your father's bull that second bull seven years ago and put down an altar of ball that belongs to your father and cut down the sacred pole that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold there in proper order then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with wood of the sacred pole that you shall cut down so Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him but because he was too afraid of his family and the townspeople to do it by day he did it by night Gideon destroys the altar of Baal when the townspeople rose early in the morning the altar of Baal was broken down and the sacred pole beside it was cut down and the second bull was offered to the altar that had been built so when they said to one another who has done this? After searching and inquiring, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Then the townspeople said to Josh, Joash, bring out your son so that he may die, for he has put down the altar of Baal and cut down the sacred pole beside it. But Joash said to all who were arraying against them, Will you contend for Baal, or will you defend his cause? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been pulled down. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Jerubal, that is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he pulled down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together, crossing the Jordan. They encamped in the valley of Jezreel, but the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and the Abizrites were called out to follow him. They sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh, and they too were called out. They called, and they too were called out to follow him. And he also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they went up to meet them. Sign of the fleece. Then Gideon said to God, in order to see whether you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you said, I'm going to lay a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you said. And it was so. When he rose the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, do not let your anger burn against me. Let me speak one more time. Let me please make trial with the fleece just one more. Please let it be dry only on the fleece and on the ground. Let there be dew. And God God did so just night it was dry on the fleece only in the ground where there was dew wow wow that was a lot a lot going on um translation the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord gave uh them into the hands of Midian the Midianites Amalekites Am Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them every time they planted their crops, destroyed their produce and livestock, and left them impoverished. The Israelites cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent a prophet to them, reminding them of all the great things he had done for them. Then the angel of the Lord came to Gideon, who was threshing wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites, and commissioned him to deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Gideon was hesitant and asked for a sign, and the Lord provided one Gideon destroyed the altar of Baal and the sacred pole and offered a burnt offering to the Lord so again just a lot of uh, destroying shit I don't it just sounds like an abusive relationship like God gets mad and abandons them for a while and then comes back and it's like I'm back baby um did you kill a bull yes they he's God is basically Stanley Kowalski. Oh, you find you saw Streetcar. I did. 
nice. But I do feel like that is why um, a lot of our present day abuse, like relationship models are so abusive because this is what we were told our whole lives. Like God is love. God is love. So love is dipping out on you a lot, um, threatening you with violence, demanding a lot of money. Um, just a lot of stuff you see from fuck niggas. Again, if I ever decide to just be like, fuck it and I'm just going to get mine. Just start pimping. Just get mine. I mean, you know which route to go, and it's great. also tax-free, so there's no downside except probably yeah. hating yourself. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> there's that. Okay, do you want to tell the people what they have to look forward to next time? Uh, next time on Bible Breakdown, um, we have Judges seven, eight, nine. Gideon suppresses routes. Uh, I'm sorry, Gideon surprises and um routes or roots the midianites uh gideon's triumph and vengeance and uh, abimelech attempts to establish a monarchy that sounds interesting actually it does that's a really long one too uh, good for me yeah but also the police thing at the end of this last thing i read like i don't know what that was supposed to mean did it say anything about what that fleece was supposed to be it's like so god if you really mean what you say tomorrow when i wake up the fleece is going to be wet and the ground's going to be dry. But let me do it one more time yeah. to make sure that I got the message right. So tomorrow when I wake up, the fleece is going to be dry and the ground's going to be wet. Yeah. And then it happened. Who knows? That's a really weak miracle. Yeah. I'm going to just say it. You know I what's mean, a real it's miracle? Like, it's like when you watch a movie in the 30s and their special effects is nothing on today. So it's just like. So God is like old Hollywood. I get it. Sexist and racist. <laughs> well, the imagination of whoever wrote this only extended to what they knew at that time. So yeah, it's very uncreative. But uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. Uh, thank you for tuning in. The website's getting built. Uh, actually, was working on a little bit of that today. Um, got a whole list of things coming down the pipeline so yeah 2023 is looking pretty promising cool um i don't have anything else i feel like if i say anything else it's just gonna go on and on and i'm just gonna save it for the next episode but i really appreciate you taking the time out to do this with me and i appreciate all the listeners who took time to look out to listen to us likewise uh, your body belongs to you. Get therapy, um, and not just the kind where your therapist agrees with you, but the kind where they actually help you self-discover what works for your life. So, yeah. Um, till next time, Bible Breakdown Podcast at gmail.com. Take care. Peace. <laughs>